morning. Good, 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 good morning. <clears throat> I don't know, I don't know about y'all, but our Sunday gathering at Spring Branch starts at 5 p.m. It's 11.30 in the morning, right? So I'm here. Um, I'm here half awoke. Um, if I think about it, I'd be probably waking up right now, making me some tacos, some eggs at the house. But we're here. Praise God. No, I am really honored and encouraged and privileged to be here with y'all this morning. If you don't know me, my name is Tony, uh, and I am uh, planting the uh, a, a expression of sojourn, uh, a, an expression of the church in the Spring Branch area, Sojourn Spring Branch. Um, I got a Facebook memory yesterday of our first parish gatherings that we had one year ago, um, and we started with two parish gatherings. Um, in a few months after that, in October, we um, launched the church, Sunday gatherings. Uh, in the month of May, uh, we multiplied into our third parish, and we are slowly but surely establishing uh, the church in Spring Branch and joining with other um, churches in the area. And we covet your prayers. We um, thank you for your support, and we're so excited uh, to be uh, partnering with you all in this great work. Um, at the 9 a.m., I had a 35-minute time limit. There's no gathering after this, so we can go a little bit longer, right? <clears throat> um, but today, we're continuing an 11-week sermon series through Paul's letter to the Galatians. Uh, this book of Galatians was written by a man called Paul to a church that was being troubled by false teaching that was seeping into the congregation, there were some people coming into the congregation saying, you have to believe in Jesus, but then you also have to adhere to the laws and to the uh, religion of Judaism as well. You have to believe in Jesus, but then you also have to convert to the Jewish ethnic practices and cultural practices that we have practiced for hundreds of years and, and right from the start. Like Paul does not spend any time saying hello, and in verse 6 of chapter 1, the Bible says that he is astonished. Someone say astonished. Yeah, y'all going to preach with me today. Um, he's astonished. He is shocked that this is happening, and he writes this letter to the Galatians. And so, in other words, the book of Galatians is all about the gospel, all about the gospel making and creating a diverse family and empowering them by the Holy Spirit. I mean, you got Gentile Christians, you got Jewish Christians, they're coming to the table together, they're singing together. How do we work this out? Because we don't have the same cultural practices. We don't have the same ethnic practices. How are we going to work this out? And the book of Galatians is all about the gospel empowering these people by the Spirit to live life together. And, and Paul, like Drew says, has, like Drew says in the, in the past few weeks, he, he comes to defend, he comes to clarify what the gospel is all about so that it doesn't fall into error. And that's what Galatians is about. Now, I don't know, I don't know how it looked like for you when you first believed. I don't know how it looked like for you when you, for the first time, heard the gospel with faith. I mean, if you could think about that. And maybe today's your first time or today is one of your first times to hearing the gospel. Um, but but I, I, I'm going to share my story so that you could kind of get a glimpse of how it was for me. 
I was raised in a oneness Pentecostal church. I mean, we ran the aisles. We, you know, we went a little crazy. We, we rejected the Trinity, though. We had to speak in tongues to be saved. We, we abstained from wearing shorts, from growing facial hair. We abstained from going to the movies. I'm making up as we go, binge-watching a lot lately. And I tell you, that's where I functioned for the first part of my life. When I was 14, I started preaching, and I preached with a zeal that looking back, I'm embarrassed by. Under the name of sound doctrine, our message was legalistic, was harsh, was condemning, was judgmental. At age 18, I went to Bible college, and I started to study systematic theology, and I started to listening to some sound biblical preaching, and it was then where Ephesians chapter 2 became a reality in my life. You know the verse, verse 8, where it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing, Tony. It's the gift of God. This is not a result of works, Tony, so that you don't have to be going around boasting. And all of my praying, all of my preaching, all of my leading the youth ministry, all of my good deeds that justified me and I found validation in went out the window. And I was such a boastful person. And sometimes the hypocrisy creeps up even today. I'm a work in progress by the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know where you were or how did it look for you when you first heard with faith. I don't know where you were when you first heard with belief, with trust. And maybe this is your first time, but, but I just want to let you know that anything, anything that you've ever done after that moment is not big enough to replace that first time that you heard with faith. And my job today is to remind us about that first time that we heard with faith. My task, my task this morning is to remind us of that first time that you heard and you believed and you trusted in Jesus. And my sermon for today is remember the first time you heard with faith. Remember the first time you heard with faith. Paul, Paul in this book starts this portion of scripture with a series of questions to the Galatian church who were being a bit foolish. I mean, he calls them foolish, right? He calls them bewitched. He calls them crazy. And, 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 and they were being bewitched with the teaching that said that you had to add other things to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he says, no, 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 I'm going to talk to you guys for a minute. And he hinges everything on this one event that happened 20 years before he wrote this letter. This stood at the center of the Christian gospel, and that is the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. That is uh, Jesus on the cross for our sins. And my first point today is this. We must remember the first time when we heard with faith. We must remember the first time 
when we heard with faith. And Paul, in verse 2 of chapter 3, he said, Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? This question has to do with experience. For example, when, when, was, when was it that you became your parent's child, right? Was it whenever you were a few years old and you could tell your dad, hey, I am your son? Was it then? When, when was it whenever you understood, hey, I have, a, I have a mind that functions? Was it whenever you went to third grade and passed the exam or passed the test? Or, or was, was it then? When, when was it that you knew you had a body? Was it in one of those doctor's visits they opened you up and they said, yep, you have a body? When was it that you became a Christian? Was it when the pastor said you're in? Was it when you got a certificate? When was that? Of course not. It wasn't in any of those times. It is sad for us to see any external evidence to verify our existence. We are because of what we experience. We are because of we're alive. We can breathe. We are alive. In the same way we experience the Christian life when we experience this thing called faith. When we believe that God lives with us. When we believe that God loves us, when we believe that God has a purpose for us, so that is when we know experientially that God is with us when we have that faith. It was, it was when, he, when we heard with faith that we, that we became Christians. No work, no tests, no doctor exam made us people in the same way, no work of the law, no good thing that we ever did made us Christians. It happened when we heard with faith. Paul, in this text, he was dealing with some Christians that were acting a little bit foolish. In verse 5, in verse 5, we'll jump to verse 5. He, he says, does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith? I mean, th this phrase, hearing with faith, just keeps popping up in this portion of Scripture. We go back to verse 3. He, Paul says, hey, having begun with the Spirit, having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? I love it how um, this commentator puts it. He, he, he says, what's the next step? Having received grace, freedom, what, what's the next step? What, what is the next step after love? Is it cautious mistrust? Like, that wouldn't fly with your spouse. What, what is the next step with after faith? Is, is it anxious attempts to avoid anything that might displease God? That's silly. What is the next step after grace? Like, you received grace. What's the next step after that? Is it bargaining with God so that we can manipulate him for our own benefit? That, that's silly. He says, that's, that's like having learned algebra. I'm going to go back to counting with my fingers. That's silly. But that's what we do. That is exactly what we do. After receiving grace, after receiving the Spirit, after living this life of freedom, we tend to rely on our own good works. And that's my second point. We often 
mistakenly rely on our own good works. And Paul, in verse 6, he introduces us to a biblical character by the name of Abraham. Look, look at verse 6 through verse 8. He says, just as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness, know then, he says to the Galatians, know then, like you got to know this, know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham saying, in you shall all the nations be blessed. Paul brings this character of Abraham. And if you read the book of Genesis, the first book in the Bible that you find in your Bible, it won't be long until you get to this character of Abraham. Before there was a law that was given to Moses, there was Abraham. And this Abraham believed God. He had faith. This means that he had trust. More than only an assent of God's command and a nod to it. He, he believed. And in this believing, the Bible says, Paul says that it was counted to him as righteousness. It was counted to him as salvation. But, but Abraham didn't have anything to do with it. It, it, was, it was reckoned to him. It was credited to him. It was deposited into his life. Abraham didn't earn it. Rather, God credited him with it. When Abraham heard the gospel preached, he believed. And, and, and Paul is telling the Galatian Christians to, to know that those who have faith in Jesus Christ, those are the sons of Abraham. See, see the Judaizers, the, these people that were going into the congregation and telling them you got to believe in Jesus, but then you got to adhere to Judaism. These folk, they, they were telling the Gentile Christians that, that you were not a son of Abraham until you did these things. They, they didn't know that they were already sons. Of Abraham. John Stott, he writes that the Galatians were already the sons of Abraham. Not, not by circumcision that we talked about a few weeks ago, but by faith. Like Galatians chapter 2, it is I, the, the life that I now live in the flesh, I live what? In, by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So, so Paul is, is writing this after Jesus, and he's, he's seeing that there's a continuity between the Testaments. He was writing this after Jesus, and he was connecting it to before even there was a law. And what the Judaizers, these false brothers were doing was jumping back to Moses. And, and, and Abraham's, uh, Paul's like, Moses, the law, no, 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 go back further to Abraham. So, so I just said all of that to tell you this, because it's good to visualize it. So let's start at the beginning. Abraham believed God way back in the Old Testament. 430 years later, the law was given to Moses, right? And hundreds of years later, Jesus walked this earth. Then 20 years later after that, Paul is writing and saying, hey, by the Spirit, by grace, you have received the Spirit when you first believed. So the promise that Abraham received in you shall all the nations be blessed was not only meant for the Jewish people, but for everyone who would have faith when they believed, when they heard. 
the issue was not that it was the law that Moses had. The issue was the faith that Abraham had. And Paul says in verse 9 to the Galatians, So then, those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. The thing was that the Judaizers, these false brothers, they weren't going back far enough. They were going to Moses, but the Judaizers didn't know that we're not sons of Moses. We're sons of Abraham, children of faith. Verse 10 says, for all who rely on works of the law are under a what? A curse. For it is written, cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. These false brothers were holding the law as an add-on to the gospel. They were relying on their works of the law and it was crushing them. I remember being 16, preaching from a pulpit to young people, crushing them with legalism. We were under the curse of it. Why? Because although the law is good, we can't accomplish it. And all the preaching that you hear about do this and do that, hey, you tried and I know you've tried it. I know I've tried it. It doesn't work out. You're under the curse of it. The law is a good thing. The law is our delight. But whenever we start doing it in our own effort, in our own power, we get crushed. And instead of living by faith in the Son of God, they were living by the law, and it was crushing them. And in the Galatians' case, the Gentile Christians, they'd, they'd receive the Spirit as Gentiles. Why are you now going to go back and be a Jew? Like, you can't do that. Receiving the Spirit when they heard with faith was what they had to trust in. It was, it was the Spirit's work to take that good law and put it in them so they could obey it. And the same is for us today. Just like these people coming into the Galatian church expecting other people to keep the law of God, we also rely on the good deeds that we do. I mean, this week, right? You had your to-do list out. You checked some boxes out. You're like, man, I'm good. I got this. I mean, this week, you, you probably made a good deed, did a good action, and you're like, I feel good. It justifies me. I mean, those are all good things, but they validate me. Paying a few more hundred dollars on that debt that we had makes us feel accomplished. What school did you go to makes us feel validated. Our cultural practices that we hold high, that is what we hold as gospel. We don't live by faith. We mistakenly rely on the works of the law. But there is a better way. There is a better way for us not to be crushed by the demands of the law. And this is that we trust, that we must trust in Christ who became a curse for us. Look at verse 13 of Galatians chapter 3. This is, I love this. 
when did, when did this just happen? He says, Christ, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, and he quotes an Old Testament passage, cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. Paul quotes a, an Old Testament verse from Deuteronomy to highlight the extent of Christ's work on the cross. Now, now to be fair, the, the, the Jewish people did not practice crucifixion, but what, what Deuteronomy was referring to was, was the body of an animal or a criminal hanging on a wooden post about to be executed. But under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Paul reinterprets that and refers that verse to the crucifixion of of Jesus on the cross. And Paul takes us back to verse 1 of this chapter when he says, it was before your eyes, Galatians, that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. J J Jesus was the one who stood in our place condemned. Well, what are you doing now? Going back to the good things that you Going back to the ideas, that, going back to the suggestions that you want to give to God. What are you doing now? Jesus was the one who became sin for us. Oh, that is beautiful. Because my hypocrisy at times, my judgmental self for years needs that. Good news. Because I, at the age of 18, needed that as I need it right now. Christ redeemed me from the curse of the law. He became, he became that curse. He became that sin that I struggle with. He, he became that. He, he said, step aside, Tony. You can't do it for yourself. I will finish it for you. Hallelujah. He took our punishment. Every, every sin, every sin of yours and of mine were laid on Jesus. Every failure for us to accomplish our own justification was laid on Jesus and he carried it for us. We praise God for that. This understanding is what brings me relief and freedom. This understanding is what should, what should bring you relief, what should bring you freedom. More than children of Moses, more than children of the law, we're children of faith. And any work, any effort, any task that you do, that we do in our own power, it brings us under the curse, but Jesus became that curse for us. Oh, we can live now by faith in the Son of God. So what do we do this week when we are tempted to rely on our good works? What do we do this week when we try to perfect our life with the good things that we do? What do we do when we try to accomplish this race with all of this, you know, Social media stuff out there that you can do it. Like these little quotes that pop up in your Pinterest, right? Like, I don't have Pinterest, I think. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. What, what do you do with all these Instagram things that just happen? You're like, man, that's a great quote. When I try to live my life by these moral quotes and I mirror them with the gospel, 
And I'm saying it's not about me doing this. It's not about me being brave. <laughs> Be brave. It's not about me being brave. It's about Jesus being brave for me. Well, how, when we're tempted, what do we do? This is what we do, y'all. We remember, we remember the first time that we heard with faith. We remember the first time that we heard with faith. Look, look at verse 13. It says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. Look at verse 14. So that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles. What? So that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. <laughs> Nothing that you do. Nothing that you act on nothing that you have with you no possessions no faith do you remember that first time when you believed maybe it was uh, when you were in Sunday school class at the age of five ten maybe it was at that youth camp when you were 15 16 years old you were chasing the girls but then you heard the preacher you're like ah yes I trust Jesus Good call. <laughs> Maybe it was at a Sunday gathering a few years ago. Maybe it was from someone in your parish. But do you remember that joy that you experienced? I don't know. Do you remember that pure joy? There was a newness to everything. You didn't care. Oh, you didn't care about anything else. You were just like, I found it. I, I, this is great. I found Jesus. I found good life. Oh, and for some of us, it's so hard for us to go back to that first time because we have filled our lives with good works, with good accomplishments, with what we own, with what we have, and all that stuff is good. It's great. But I just want to call you back to that first time when you believed, that first time when you heard with faith, that first time when your burdens were lifted, that first time when you had godly confidence, like you didn't have no spiritual swagger, you walked with confidence. Like take you back to your yearbook picture, right? You remember that? Most likely to succeed, right? Head full of hair, you know, like they, they take on the world, let's go, right? Then, oh, not now, right? Now we're all clogged up with a lot of things, you know. Now we've, we've progressed and we have things in our name and we feel good about them. But, but then when we didn't have anything but give me Jesus, then, 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 then. I, I want you to remind yourself of the first time when you heard with faith, that, that, that pure joy, that, that, that beautiful thing that you experienced. It, it doesn't matter what you have done since then. Nothing replaces that first time when you heard with faith. It doesn't matter what you have done since then. Pure faith when you first believed, that's what matters. In your weakness, in your struggle. In other words, in your struggle with that same sin that you commit. You know what I'm talking about. Like you kick it and you're like, thank you, Lord, for helping me with that. And then in two months, you're back to it. 
in your battle against lust, in your battle against anxiety, in that struggle, remember when you first heard with faith. Not even just with your sins, but also with your sufferings and your battle with infertility, with weariness. Is God ever going to do this for me? In your battle with loneliness, like what's going on? Is it something with me that is wrong? In your weariness and tiredness, I want to call you back to that first time when you heard with faith. Not only in your struggles and in your sufferings, but also in your joys and in your delights. In other words, when you see your children succeed or when you get that promotion at work that make you beam with pride. Home run, son. Put that certificate up on the wall. Yes, to the point of idolatry. Hey, remember that first time when you heard with faith. Where you didn't have to do anything. Or you didn't have to do anything of that. And you believed. And you said yes to freedom. That childlike trust that you had then, that's, 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 that's what matters today. The way that God began the work in you, by grace, through faith, is how he's going to carry you through. Having begun by the Spirit, are you not going to be perfected by the flesh? Of course not. The Holy Spirit that saves you, it's also the Holy Spirit that sanctifies you, that makes you holy. Don't be bewitched. Don't, don't be foolish, says Paul. Like that guy from Spring Branch called me foolish. No, it's not me. It's Paul. <laughs> Don't, don't be bewitched. Don't be foolish, says Paul. Nothing else matters other than God's grace through the work of the Spirit. And if today you're trying to balance job, home, school, hobbies, kids, work, remember this. Hey, whether you became a Christian 20 years ago or whether you're becoming a Christian today, you are accepted only by the faithfulness of Jesus. Only by him saying yes to the cross. Yes, I will become a curse for y'all. He was Texan, a little bit. <laughs> Only on the faithfulness of Christ are we accepted. You're not accepted because how far you've come. You're not accepted because you discovered a new concept in the scriptures. You're not accepted because you're sharing the gospel. Those are really good things. Rewind us. all of that past Moses. Go to Abraham and see yourself there when you heard with faith. That's pure joy. Then it is when God took your heart and said, I will give you a new heart. That simple faith. You're accepted and loved by God because you've heard of Jesus' faithfulness and you've trusted in it more than any other faithfulness out there. More than the what you could give, you're accepted by his faithfulness. And I pray that today you're able to remember that first time when you heard 
with faith. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your preached word. We thank you that we have the privilege of reading scriptures. We thank you that we have the privilege to hear your word. If there is any sin in this room, confront us today, Holy Spirit. We probably have come from a hard week at work or summer's upon us, going back to school, going into this new semester, going into this new season, and we're just so ready for something new. And today, there is newness of life when we first remember where it was that you gave us that new heart. I pray, God, that having begun by the Spirit, we are not trying to complete our sanctification, our holiness, our spiritual progress by the flesh. I pray that we look to the faithfulness of Jesus and we say, yes, it is all of Jesus. Amen.